Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, there was practice again today. Um, a bit of a change-up. Today is obviously, not obviously, most of you guys aren't students. Um, neither am I, by the way. I get that question a lot. I am not a CU student. I'm a graduate of the University of Montana, and that was actually years ago now. But um, yeah, it was the first day of classes, for those of you who don't know. And because classes started, some of the rules changed. There's like the 20-hour rule for contact between coaches and players um, and, and stuff like that. And so the, the real camp portion of camp is done. Uh, they were practicing on Franklin Field today, not down on... I don't, I don't know what those fields are called. The fields next to parking lot 169. Bet you can't guess why I remember that number. Um... But yeah, so they're inside, obviously with classes, they don't have like the second walkthrough, not, I guess it's not a second walk, the second practice, which is a walkthrough um, in the afternoons anymore. So yeah, a bit of a change. Um, I mentioned this last time we talked, which was Saturday, but uh, Carl said that there are still a couple position battles going on. Um, Frank Phillip coming back from injury here pretty soon. It sounds like that's what Carl said today. Uh, he's going to try to win the job back from Jake Wiley. It was the tackle job that we expected Frank to have, but because he's uh, still recovering, Jake has gotten a pretty firm hold, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, like I said, we uh, weren't down outside. We're actually in the tunnel. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this tunnel before but it's like in the indoor practice facility it's right on the other side of those big doors when you go to like the ticket office or like i guess the the team store is in there too um but it's where they keep all the trophies um like the heisman the couple of jim thorpe awards they came up today um and all that kind of stuff so that's pretty cool the reason i bring that part up though is because there's a bit of an echo um because it's just a massive tube. I'm not like a big sound guy, but you look at that thing and you're like, oh, this is going to echo. Um, also, there are a couple other conversations going on. The point is, I, I, I had a chance to not only hear from Carl Durrell, but also talk to tight ends Alec Pell and Jared Poplowski. Uh, I'm going to play the audio from Jared Poplowski at uh, the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. I have not clean that audio up yet that's going to happen after i record this and during watching the final preseason football game because i am a degenerate um but 
I'll do the best I can. I took like a quick peek. Sound like you can hear the words. You just kind of hate <laughs> listening to it. Uh, so that's the plan for today. We're going to talk about Carl, uh, what he had to say. We're going to talk about uh, Alec Pell, what he had to say, uh, Jared Poplowski. Um, we did kind of a breakdown of how the tight end position is going to look um, in terms of who's going to be on the field, who isn't going to be on the field. Um We'll, we'll, we'll have a little more tight end talk today um, because I'm not going to lie. It was kind of a cop out when I went through the first time. When was that? Was that the last show? No, it was when there was no practice. So Friday, maybe something like that. But the, went through, projected the whole depth chart and tight end because there's so many guys in that room. Number one is Brady Russell. Number two could be. Who could it be? I think it could be Alec Pell. I think it could be Jared Poplowski. I think Matt Lynch might still be the favorite. Um, I don't think it's Caleb Fourier, but if he did win that job, no, we, we would have heard a little bit more. Um, by all accounts, and we'll get into this again today, uh, he's had a really good camp, um, but I don't think he'll be the number two. CJ Schmansky, um, Nico Magri, maybe, I don't know, but it's deep and maybe we'll... Uh, Talk a little bit more about how that could shake out. Um, any other notes? Ooh, had a couple phone calls today, uh, figuring out the tailgate for Sunday. That's going to be so much fun. Um, here's here's the plan. Here's what you need to know. So Colorado plays Florida State in soccer on Sunday. Florida State is the number one team in the country. Um there's there's a bunch of different ways we could go here. Like lost the national championship last year, won it a couple years ago. A couple years ago, Colorado almost beat them down in uh, is that Tallahassee? It must be, but um, I think that they they should have won that game. There were a bunch of bad calls. Taylor got called for some. Taylor Corniak got called for some really dumb stuff. Um, but the point is they get a chance to beat them. But this time in Boulder at 11:30. And we are tailgating. We've got some other tailgating topics that we'll touch on over the next week or two. Um, But this is going to be the first DMVR bus tailgate of the season. And I have a feeling it's going to be pretty incredible. Um, Game starts at 1130, like I said. But the tailgate will start at 930. Breckenridge Brewery, whom we love, they gave us a whole lot of beer. Like (laughs) a pretty crazy amount of beer. And so we're going to get up there. I told everybody we're going to be up there by 9. We're going to have it all set up by 9.15, 9.30. And uh, then we're going to drink a bunch of beers before Colorado goes and plays of what could be a really dope soccer game. Um, it's all, like, totally free. There's no nothing you got to do to, like, sign up or anything like that. Just show up and come hang out. And I'll be there. I think Ryan and Allie are definitely going to be there. Um, I still haven't put, like, the whole company thing put put like a message to the whole company to see who else is going to come but it's going to be a big party and then we're going to go watch the buffs play the uh the number one team in the country so hopefully you guys can make it for that and i'm super 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 excited yeah we'll we'll get like a whole group and go sit together because it's it's you don't have to like buy your seat there's basically i think there's only two prices there's like the middle bleachers and the outside bleachers and so we'll probably just get the outside bleacher tickets and we can all find a spot together. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's on Sunday. That's got to be it for notes, right? Oh, new quarterback. I, I heard some whispers of this last week, um, but uh, I should pull up his name. Let me pull up this while we talk. Um, but uh, 
Colorado brought in a transfer quarterback from the University of Chicago. He uh, Obviously, that's a D3 school. Um, he's immediately eligible, and he's a walk-on. I think that there's a very real chance that he does get the backup quarterback job this year. Um, I think the question is just the timeline. Um, does he? Can he win it by next Friday? Probably seems unlikely, given he needs to learn a new playbook and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean... Who knows? It just depends on what they think of Drew Carter. And this is a guy who's played at least at some level college football. Um, his name is James Mott. Um, I actually, I actually should have Googled him before we talk about this. Um, but obviously, walk on doesn't take a scholarship. Uh, immediately eligible, and there was a merchant. He was a Quaker leader named James Mott. Died in eighteen sixty eight though, so it's probably a different one. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think Colorado needed... Oh, it looks like he he did transfer to FAU this spring and then transferred somewhere else. Um, let's see. 2019, he was a freshman. No, come on. Why did it take me to this page? Okay, so here's what happens. You Obviously, the University of Chicago is not too worried about its sports bios. Um, but you can't see... First team all CIF, two-time first team all league football, league offensive MVP, Orange County All-Star. Oh, are these high school numbers? Yeah, these are high school stats. So there you go. There's me learning on the fly with you guys about James Mont. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was in the hallway while we were waiting for practice to get over, so he hasn't started practicing yet. He was out there at the field last Friday. When was the last practice? Oh, that was Saturday. That was Saturday. Okay. But I heard that he was out there, wasn't playing, should be playing soon. Okay, we got to, let's just, keep, <laughs> we're 10 minutes in. Um, the presenting sponsor, though, the Colorado XOs, um, we love them for a bunch of different reasons. First of all, because they make a bunch of what we do possible, um, but also because they do really cool things. Beyond playing rugby, they also use their awesome facility out in Glendale for movie nights. Um can look at inf infinity park at glendale.com slash events and they'll tell you all the different movies that they're showing out there and they do it during the summer it's really cool it's an awesome facility um it, i actually haven't been out there um but a lot of my coworkers have i'm trying to think why didn't i go i almost wonder if there was like a buffs game no because i know ryan went ryan wouldn't have done that for a buffs game but the uh, point is, it really is nice and cool and a great place to hang out and sit outside and watch a movie. Um, again, you can check that out at infinitypark@glendale.com slash events. Yeah, I wanted to check because I'm not going to screw that up. Um, but yeah, uh, another quarterback note. Also saw JT just for a minute today. Had a knee brace on. Had some crutches. Um didn't seem to be the happiest camper uh not really a surprise but um i think brian said like how's it going he's like doing good and Brian's like probably not as probably not as good as you'd like and he's like yep would love to be playing on friday so oh he did seem to have like he made his little joke and with a smile which is good to see but feel for the guy um all right 
Should we just dig in with all this stuff from Carl? I think I think the 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 trend, the biggest topic was talking about how captains work. Um, and he said that there aren't going to be season long captains. It's going to be a kind of a week by week decision who's our captain this week. And I think we asked him, and I I think I asked him like two or three of them, but I think we asked him like five questions about the captains. And it's interesting stuff because obviously he's somebody who's been around football for a really long time. And that means he's seen a bunch of different ways to do things. And there were, there were a few reasons that he wanted to, um, to, to have the weekly captains. So a lot of them had to do with like, you don't want to pick a captain that you wind up not wanting to be your captain. Now there's different ways that can happen, whether it's because, you know, they're not playing well and all of a sudden you're thinking like, uh, oh, this isn't, this guy (laughs) what are we doing following this guy um but also things like you you want other people to step up and be leaders if you just say these are our four people who are our leaders you might be telling somebody else eh no look it's those four not you you shut up um but we really got into detail um he said that, uh, first of all, he likes giving guys the opportunity. If you have a great week of practice, and it's probably even more than that. If you're, if you're trending up for a few weeks and working hard and people are taking notice in the locker room and thinking, wow, look at that. We Let's follow this guy. Then then it gives them an opportunity. And, and it's obviously uh, an honor to have. Um, he also talked a lot about the leadership council that he's put together. Um, I think he said it's 22 guys, which that's a, it's a lot of people to be talking about, um, things. Um, it's not just like old guys. He said that he tries to make it like a cross section of the football team. Um, Christian Gonzalez, Brendan Lewis, they're on it, um, as freshmen, obviously. And it's not the captain thing. It doesn't even sound like it's just a decision that Carl's going to be making every week, but kind of a conversation with that leadership group to say who who are our captains this week, who who should be leading us out in the field. And first of all, I'll say I like that he puts this much thought into it, um, and I think that that's kind of part of who Carl Durrell is. Is there aren't parts that it seems like he just ignores. Um, in every part of his job, it seems like there's a reason for the things that he's doing, uh, which is obviously something that you want. Um, we talked more about one one of the things that he said was um, that he didn't want to put anybody's credibility on the line by picking a captain. You know, just say you take uh, we don't even have to put a name on it, whatever, some DB, and just say like, ah, this is a captain. And then halfway through the season, the team is saying, well, wait, we we don't want this guy to be our captain. And Carl, what, what are you doing picking him, making him a captain? And he said that sort of thing can cause problems too. Um, I don't know. I th- there was a lot of talking about that stuff. Let me see if there's anything else that really stands out. Um, oh, I asked him, like, would you have a different approach at the NFL level? And the reason I, I was thinking that is because in the NFL, you have guys who, you know, I mean, basically every team has a player who's been there at least 10 years. And it's not like you're saying, hey, there's this guy who, sure, he was all Pac-12 last year and he was trending up before that. And we believe, like, in college football, there's so much that's so unpredictable just every single season with basically every player. 
And in the NFL, like I said, you know, at some point you kind of learn who a guy is when they're around that long. And he said that even in the NFL, he, he, if he were in charge, um, he would still rotate guys. Um, yeah, he said, what if I'm not playing well and the team knows I'm not playing well? I'm one of the captains and I'm out there being the first guy out. And to me, I don't know why I'm rewarded, like why I am the person that's in this position. Um, you know, you just want somebody who's going to go out there and be a leader. Um, yeah. He also said you don't want guys to get uncomfortable. You don't want guys getting comfortable. Um, I don't know. But that that probably was at least a third of the conversation with Carl today. Um, I think it's interesting because as much as, you know, I mean, at this point in camp, it's not like there's going to be some huge like, hey, guess what? Keith Miller, he's going to be a major factor in the receiver room this year. You know, if, if that were the case, we probably would have heard a little bit more over the last couple weeks, three weeks. And, you know, not to bash on Keith Miller, like I'm excited about him next year. Next year's probably going to be when we see more of them. Uh, who knows, though? Um, but because there isn't, like, a whole lot of just, like, news or things that have really changed since the last time we talked to Carl on uh, <laughs> Saturday, it's kind of fun just to hear how he thinks about some of this kind of stuff as somebody who, you know, I, I forget. I think he's 58, 57, something like that. Let me Google it. I don't want to uh, say bad things about Carl. He doesn't deserve. Yeah, 57. You talk to him and you think that he's a lot younger than that. Um, but he really has been around and seen a lot of football in his life. And if he has an opinion about something, it's definitely something worth considering. Um, go through the opening statement. Um, he said that today was basically what a Sunday practice would be. Um, that means that in Carl's words... Um, there wasn't a lot going on. They had individual periods. They did a seven-on-seven, seven, and then they did a fast period. They called it NASCAR offense, NASCAR defense, so it was pretty light. And I totally forgot until right now that I was going to ask him about that in particular. Because I, I remember, like, the Broncos called their NASCAR defense, um, like, back during the Super Bowl season, those couple years around there, that was when they had, like, four outside linebackers and they'd line them up just like six guys across the front line and everybody go get them. And I don't, that can't be what exactly that means. But just playing fast. Um, yeah. Um, you said the next couple days, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're much heavier. Interesting that he mentioned Wednesday. So uh, during camp, like the camp portion of camp, Wednesday was the off day. So the NCAA says that you have to have one off day per week um, that's just a rule like you can't work student athletes seven days a week um and i think we've uh, i should be allowed to say i think that we know that they're going to take sundays off during the season except that he did say this is what we'd normally do on a sunday no it's mondays off it's going to be mondays off that's right because there's no monday media availability now um so yeah it's going to be mondays off during the season but he said next couple days tuesday and wednesday much heavier so, I don't know. At some point, they were going to switch to from Wednesdays off to Mondays off, and I just realized that this doesn't really add up either if they're doing Monday and Wednesday this week. Maybe there's like this 
maybe they're giving like Sundays off for the two weeks before the season starts or the one week, I guess, before the season starts. I don't know. Um, schedule's changing though. Um, Southern helmets and stuff. Oh, he, he brought up again that, that the players are being accountable and talked about how, you know, maybe in his first year, in his first year, he said, like, they really wanted to do what I wanted them to do. Like, they, they wanted to do what their coaches said. They just didn't always necessarily knew, <laughs> know what that meant. Uh, for example, it's like, uh, what does accountability look like? Like, what are you supposed to be doing? What is good work in your summer workouts? Um, because you didn't really have anybody to show you that stuff because everything was over Zoom until what six weeks before the season something like that and then they just had to pack everything together um but he said that now they've really he said they're they're taking over their own accountability system um they get focused on doing things the right way with a certain standard he said he couldn't be more proud of what this team is doing on their own and that they really are starting to take ownership starting to govern themselves um interesting hearing like the govern themselves thing knowing they were talking about like leadership councils and stuff maybe maybe carl's running democracy in there um understanding the purpose of everything that we do um he said they almost don't need us um and in a way that's kind of our goal is to not need the coaches um just trying to get the team to realize that the coaches can only take you to the water but they have to drink it and make sure everybody is on the same page about the process and being successful he said he thinks they're starting to see those qualities with this team um oh interesting stuff and i like it um kind of a player's coach you know is that is that something we say about carl durrell i don't know I'm going to think about that, though. I know that. Um, They're going to... uh, Oh, Robert Barnes is, I guess, dealing with a little bit of like a soft tissue thing. Um, He's just kind of like building up toward the end of the week. He should be fine. Um, There's some other guys with some like little soft tissue things. But again, no real injuries, which is good news. I mean, I guess there there's the two. Maurice Bell out for the season and uh oh, who is the other one? It's not Janaz Jordan. It's not Niam Rodman. It's Jeremiah Doss. Jeremiah Doss, that's right. There's so many defensive linemen. Um but those two happen they were both before fall camp even started and there hasn't been anything significant since. Um he did say that they uh, started to work on Northern Colorado today, um, which is interesting because, I mean, obviously during the season, you're on a one-week cycle. So you have your game Saturday, and then, well, t- typically, uh, you, the coaches will spend, like, all day Sunday getting the game plan ready. Typically, they ran through, like, everything that they needed to see from, um, like, for when they get to Minnesota week, for example, they probably spent about a week in June going through all Minnesota stuff from last year, taking notes. And then on the Sunday, they bring in those notes and they typically have like some sort of advanced scout um, who spent the week before going through Minnesota 
and then they kind of combine those things, um, watch a bunch of Minnesota and use that day to figure out like, okay, here is what we're doing. Here's, this is the portion of the playbook we're using, all that kind of stuff. And then on Monday, uh, they say, okay, here's the meetings. We're teaching you guys about this team. Um, and then they kind of slowly install stuff throughout the week. Now, like I said earlier, it sounds like Monday is going to be the off day for the team instead of Sunday. So what does that mean? I mean, Sunday, obviously day after the game, won't just be coaches in their office from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. figuring out the game plan because you're going to have a practice that day and you're going to have meetings that day. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And I guess I should probably just ask Carl what that changes, why that's the strategy. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. I don't know how most NFL teams do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is what NFL teams do. I, that does sound right. Monday's off and then they play, practice Tuesday. No, that would be different though. So, wow, that was way too long that we were talking about that. And that's been two of like three things so far. But um, yeah, the uh, they, they started the, the teaching about Northern Colorado today. And so the... Uh, now I have more questions. Like, is the thought process like you go slower through it the first time? You know, like, obviously on the Saturday after you finish Northern Colorado, you're looking ahead to Texas A&M and you got to put that in in a week. Does it help to have like a 10, 14 day? What is this? Monday, this week through Friday. It's like 11, 12 days um, to, to install I don't know. I'll ask Carl about that. Um, but they did start doing some of that today, and those kind of build and build up until the game. Um, said it does feel like they're starting to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of fall camp. Um, you know, I, he still hasn't said that there's been a bad practice, which is kind of crazy because I don't think there's been a camp where there hasn't been a bad practice. It's another question to add to the list for Carl. Um, um, yeah, I got through all this stuff. Uh, somebody asked about the depth along the offensive line. Um, and the reason was somebody also asked Mitch Rodriguez about that when we talked to him last week, the offensive line coach. And he said that, you know, in terms of having bodies, yeah, we're, we're a lot deeper than we were. But we might not have the quality of depth necessarily that we want to have at this point. Um, and so uh, Carl was also asked today, probably because of that, like, what do you think? Is that still kind of a work in progress? Um, he said it's coming along pretty well. It's definitely better than they had a year ago. Um, getting Frank Phillip back is going to help a lot. Um, he said that the thinnest position is probably a tackle, which is interesting because you have Max Ray, you have Frank Phillip, and Frank Phillip is competing with uh, Jake Wiley for a starting job. So if that's your thinnest position, you have a backup. So <laughs> it could be a lot worse. And I know that's not like the highest standard, but again, when we're comparing to what CU's had before, that's a step in the right direction. Um, and that does mean that they're... You know, they must think they have at least two backups on the interior, which is good. Um, yeah, having Casey back is big. Um, 
just need to be able to maintain the health throughout the season. And he said that Casey's a lot better player now than he was a year ago. Brought up Austin Johnson. Again, that's another one we were talking about when we did the depth chart with the centers. He might just be the number two center at this point, which is definitely a good thing that he's ready for that. Um, Here's the line, though. We think we have a tremendous amount of depth in the interior three. Um, and he also said we have four tackles there. There, um, one of our best ones. We're still waiting for him to come back. Hopefully, he'll be back somewhere between week three and four. Which at the time I thought meant week three and four of camp, but that might be a season. That's another one I need to clarify. I'm not really on my game today. I just realized I'm kind of a wreck. Um. We hit on all the captain stuff. Oh, one other note in here, though. Um, 22 guys in that leadership group. Last year, it was half as many. It's interesting. He says he thinks a bunch of guys have really stepped up. Um, Other note, you know, I said, like, what was my question? I can read it right here. Um, could, Could somebody just be a captain every week or are you intentionally like trying to rotate guys through um and he brought up last year um i think john van deest was a captain two or three games in a row a special teams captain and it was because everybody in the leadership group said we want him to be a captain and so there's that too um cool i think that that's it from carl We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about these tight ends. Uh, First of all, Breckenridge Brewery. We talked about them earlier um, because, like I said, we wouldn't have a tailgate if not for Breckenridge Brewery because we wouldn't have beer, which is a very important part of a tailgate. Um, That's the kind of thing that they do, and that's one of the many reasons that we really like them. Um, A bunch of the reasons, though are because of the drinks they make. And seltzers, beers, all that kind of stuff. Um, I saw Silverbuff tweeted that he finally got a chance to try the good company lemonade seltzers. They're good. And he said that usually seltzers are flavor- flavorless, not those ones, which I agree with. But I would also add that uh, the flavorlessness is kind of part of the draw. Um, I, again, it depends on if you're somebody who's going to drink a lot of them then that's kind of a draw. If you just want one or two to sip on, then yeah, something like strong, sure. And that's kind of, we've had this talk before. If you're trying to drink a lot of seltzers, the normal seltzers are better. If you're trying to uh, really enjoy a, a seltzer that's, you know, they're sour, they are flavorful, then yeah, those are probably the move, the lemonades. Um, great place to check that stuff out though at the DMVR bar. We've got a bunch of different seltzers. We've got a bunch of their different beers. And uh, if you're looking for a place to host your fantasy draft, that is the spot. Because if you bring 10 people for your fantasy draft, you get a free pitcher of Breckenridge beer and a free pitcher of a draft beer. What more could you ask for? Um, If you want to become a member, you can sign up using the code CAMP2021 and you will get a $60 gift card to the DMVR Locker. Uh, for things like shirts and hats and all that. There will be some Nate Lamman stuff here pretty soon. Um, I still haven't been told when, but that's because my job is to not think about the art and that stuff. So, uh, yeah, DMVR bar, Breckenridge, good stuff, and uh, we love to support them. Again, 
Breckenridge, they're giving us a whole bunch of beer for Sunday. The least you could do is the next time you go to a grocery store, just buy a couple of theirs, you know? Come to the tailgate, have like six for free, go to King Supers, pick up a six-pack, and then all of a sudden you have 12 for half price. Isn't that even better? Um. Also, DraftKings. I, uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm way too into this college football. Or sorry, not college football, preseason football. College football too, but I can't be too addicted right now. Um, preseason football, I just have been watching all day, every day. I caught myself last night, like, intently watching a replay of the Browns and Giants preseason game, and I had already watched that whole game live. I was like, hey, this just needs to stop. The reason is because of DraftKings. Um, I've also been making a whole lot of money on all these games because a lot of it just makes sense. You know, things like if a team has two quarterbacks that are competing for a starting job, you're probably going to get a good quarterback on the field for at least half of the game and maybe more. And so that's why I've been betting on the Patriots and the Broncos. The Patriots, by the way, were they beat the Eagles 35 to 0. And I was like, well, duh, it's the Eagles and it's the Patriots and you have Cam Newton and Mac Jones trying to prove that they're the guy. Like this can only go one way. And actually the one bet that I've missed recently, no, there was another. There've been two now, but that's a really good number considering how many I've made. Um I had over 36 and a half points in that game. And the Patriots won 35 to 0. So that was disappointing and it's whatever, but I I have another bet going. Um, I put it's like a half a unit parlay. It was just something where I was like, hey, I need to put some money on these games because I know that whatever I do is going to work. And um, it was actually it started with that Patriots game because I was like, I have, I need to put more money on this. Um, it was the Patriots parlayed with the Bills, and then parlayed with the Jaguars, and the Bills won. Let's see. 41 to 15. Uh, when you when you bet on something and it goes exactly how you think, and it's so obvious, because the Bills were underdogs in that game. And it just it feels nice. Um, but that, now I just need the Jags to win tonight. And that was, what, plus 1376. So somewhere between 13 to 1 and 14 to 1 odds. And I just get to sit back and watch, and I don't even have to spend any money tonight because I already made this bet. But the point is, I've been having the time of my life betting on uh, preseason football, and real football is on the way. According to DraftKings, the NFL is back. Um, and DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. All you got to do is bet a dollar on any NFL game during the first week of the season. You get $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Bet doesn't need to hit nothing. Does, like it, Again, you get it instantly. It's not even like after the game. So if you're thinking about like, it, like even if you've been betting on like, I don't even want to name any of those other ones, but some other app and you're like, well, maybe, maybe I should consider DraftKings. Now's the time to sign up. Just add one more account and bet $1 in any week one game, you get $200 in free bets instantly. So you can just use all of those if you wanted to on the to like make all of your week one bets. If you hit some of them, then obviously you make some money. Hit none of them, then you wound up down a dollar, and you should probably never bet again. Um, 
Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check all the great promotions and odds boosts. Uh, and make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code DMVR and receive $200 in free bets when you get or when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. It's promo code DMVR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, the tight ends. I'd actually been trying to talk with Alec Pell for a while. Um, it just didn't work out schedule-wise for like a week. Um, and it was fun talking with him. Uh, he graduated from Cherry Creek. I'm pretty sure he grew up in California and transferred like either early in high school, before high school, something like that, to Cherry Creek. Um, he was a running back and came to Colorado as an outside linebacker. They moved him during his first season to middle linebacker. And then last year, his second season, uh, the writing was kind of on the wall with the tight ends. You know, they didn't really have any, if you guys remember. And so they shifted him to tight end. Um, he uh, he said that it was actually Brady Russell's idea, which I thought was interesting. Um, apparently, Brady went to the coaches and said, hey, if you guys are trying to add another tight end, how about Alec? And I think that that's kind of, an, uh, it's worth noting. Um if Alec turns out to be a really good tight end, and, and he's been one of the guys that the coaches and the players have been talking a lot about um, so far this fall just because he's gotten so much better. He's playing like he's a tight end. You know, if, if things work out, Brady Russell was the catalyst there. Brady wanted him in his tight end room. And I, personally, I trust Brady's judgment when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um had a touchdown on the scrimmage, did some other stuff. Um, like I said, sounds like kind of one of the stars of camp. The tough part is, like, you know, if... I don't even know. Like, like Naeem Rodman, he's another kind of star of camp. People are saying, like, yeah, he's he's looking like he's gotten a lot better. Well, that means that he's probably a starter, you know? Because where he was before was a good rotational piece... And if he looks even better, then he's a starter. For Alec Pell, we really haven't seen much of him at all. And so for him, having a big breakthrough might just mean, well, if, if, if somebody gets hurt, we're fine putting Alec out there and our heavy sets, you know? <laughs> and I personally think that there's a little more to it than that. I think that he's probably a part of those heavy sets regardless of whether there's injuries. Um, but he's one of the guys to me, and I think that this is probably true of the whole tight ends room. I don't really know what, what we'll see from these guys, um, who will be on the field because as I mentioned earlier, you've got Brady Russell, who's your clear number one. He, if he stays healthy, he has a very real chance to be an all pack 12 tight end from there though. You know, Matt Lynch was the number two last year. Now he's in year three of playing tight end. He's a veteran. I mean, it would make sense if he was the number two. Um, you've got Alec Pell, who we've heard really good things about during camp, and maybe that means that he can climb past, you know, the tight end who used to be a quarterback and converted. And, you know, Matt Lynch, he f was able to plug the gap last year, but you look at the numbers 
receiving the ball, and there wasn't much there. And blocking, you know, he's solid, but I don't think he's somebody who you just can't beat out. Um, you've got Jared Poplowski, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, you've got uh, just so many guys that really no order should be surprising. Um, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun to watch. Um, I guess it was Jared who talked more about how the tight ends are used, but we'll get into that in a second because the thing is, like, the tight ends that make it on the field this year, it's going to be a little bit different than last year where, you know, you had to be healthy and then you had to be, it was like 50-50 you were on the field regardless of, like, skill or talent or anything like that. And not to, like, knock anybody, but there just weren't many guys in that room. Um, Now... It's going to be competitive, which I think is a really good thing. And it means that you're going to get, I mean, out of these 10 guys, you got to be able to get two that are fun, right? And I think they're going to have the opportunity to do some fun things out there. Um, Let's see. Uh, brought up uh, the North Carolina game. He said that he has some good friends, uh, Austin Johnson being one of them, um, that, that play for Northern Colorado. Um, in terms of the, the switch, he said that it was obviously kind of tough, um, just because, you know, you're going not just from like, like wide receiver to tight end, you got to learn to block linebacker to tight end. There's a lot that you have to learn. Um, he said that it's been a process and he feels like he's figuring things out, you know, learning how the scheme works, um, he did say that he's always felt like an offensive guy. Like I said, he played running back in high school, um, played some like H back receiver in high school too. Um, so he had the ball in his hands and, you know, I think we only saw the ball in his hands a couple of times during the open scrimmage, but he looked pretty natural with it. He can run with the ball. Um, it's, he's not Jarek Broussard, but, I think in terms of tight ends, even you're you're happy seeing him with the ball in his hands. Um, he said uh, he's still getting comfortable with the route running, um, really working hard on the technique and the blocking game. Um, yeah, he said that it's been nine months and he feels like he's gotten a lot better. Um, he said that it doesn't make things all that much tougher having nine or 10 tight ends in the room. Um, just because you know, there's splits the reps, but he said that it has been, um, competitive first of all, but also you have people that you can kind of lean on. Um, he brought up Brady and Matt as guys who've helped him a lot. Um, working with the technique, learning how the offense works, all that kind of stuff. Um, brought up C.J. Schmansky as well as another one of his mentors. Um, and I asked him, do you have any goals for the season? That's, a, you, that's typically how I've been ending these interviews. That's a fine question. And he said uh, he just wants to make an impact. Um, particularly, he wants to make an impact on offense and show people that you can play on the offensive side of the ball. He wants to help the team. Um, so there's... Alec Pell. Um, like I said earlier, I'm actually going to play the audio from Jared Poplowski here in a second. Um, but there were some interesting things. You know, he, he did say, 
like he ta- he's talked to Brady and they've been excited about things like we've watched how the tight end position has been used and to see it change to how it's going to be used now and how it was used last season, you know, finding ways to give him the ball, being creative in the ways that they give him the ball. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, they're excited as they should be. Um, it is kind of weird though, how Colorado just didn't use the tight end for like a decade, basically after Nick Casa, just nothing. And they, they hardly even recruited it. Um, I like the change. I think that the tight end is kind of an important piece of an offense. I don't even think that's like a hot take. I uh, say he's talked to JT about the ACL injury. Um, I'll let you hear what he had to say about that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really liked was that he, uh, he said that Eric is really strong. Eric Olson is really strong. Um, which, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of these guys that were just kind of now learning how they play. Like, we've seen Alec Pell now in the spring game. I got to see him in that scrimmage, and it's like, okay, that's what Alec Pell looks like as a tight end. Even Jared Poplowski, he's a junior, and because of injuries, we just haven't seen him play. And now, I think, like, what do you even do? <laughs> you know? Like, people say, you're really good. And that kind of stuff. And, and you know, we saw him in the scrimmage, and he caught a nice ball. Looks like he can move. Um, the blocking, like, I wasn't keyed in on Jared Poplowski enough to know whether he could block. But, you know, he had the ACL kept him out last year. He had the ACL kept him out two years ago, I believe. It's, uh, no, it was three years ago. So, it just kind of, like, if he's one of the guys who sees the field, which I actually think, and when we talked about this, let me pull up the order I came up with because I spent a lot more time thinking about that. Um, Brady Russell, Alec Pell, Matt Lynch, Jared Poplowski, Caleb Fourier. And I think that maybe this top four is the group you really look at with Brady Russell, Alec Pell, Matt Lynch, Jared Poplowski. I think I think that's where I cut the list off. Um because of the way things go, you might see some other guys. And, you know, C.J. Schmansky, he did some good things last year. And he might be ready to go do more this year. Um, Nico Magri, he's another guy who's at least seen the field. I'd probably put them up next before Caleb Fourier and Eric Olsen. I think when I made this list, I was just a little bit high on Caleb Fourier. But like I said, um, so many of these guys, you just don't know what they bring because they've been hurt. And that's why so many have been, like, flipped. Nico Magru is a defensive lineman. He had to switch last year just like Alec did. Um, so, it's interesting to hear that Eric Olsen is strong. Because it's not, like, the biggest surprise, but when you watch him play, it's the receiving highlights that really stand out. Having such, like, a... First of all, he's fast. He He's really big. I think that modern tight ends are getting taller. Um, and, and he absolutely fits that mold. Um, Jared, he was not the tallest guy. I'm going to Google his height just because I'm curious. I haven't listed six foot four. So that's a pretty big dude. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, to hear that Eric Olsen is strong, though, something you like, something you like, because I don't really doubt his receiving skills. And if he's strong, you should be able to teach him how to block, right? Um, so that was another th- little note, something I thought was 
interesting. Um, ask him what he expects for Brady. He expects big things for Brady. Um, I think that's probably it. Yeah, um, that'll do it for me. And here is what Jared had to say. Jared Poplowski, the junior tight end. You had the two knee injuries. I did. Can you just kind of walk us through those? Uh, uh, so the first one happened my freshman year in 2017 in the USC game. Uh, just full tear popped. It didn't even hurt. I uh, didn't even realize it was torn until the next day we were doing uh, injury check and rehab like that. And then I was like, oh, my knee kind of hurts a little bit. And they're like, oh, wow, this is really swollen. And MRI, and then the season was done after that. And then uh, the second one happened uh, off season, like in the spring for junior year, I believe. Yeah. I think that's what it was. That's right. Uh, and it was just like a freak thing. It was non-contact. We were just doing drills and running in the, in the IPF on the turf. And just cleat got caught. It was a weird angle. And, uh, just a freak, freak accident. It's one of my knee part. So, so you couldn't play. Brady couldn't play either. Matt, Matt Lynch was missing time too. Does that yeah. make it even tougher when you see that like, uh, this, there could have been an opportunity? Last year, yeah. So when they went down, I was like at the end of my rehab. So I actually came back and was cleared right after that. So I like, uh, I was, they still had to work me back and like, I didn't uh, actually get to play any reps for a little bit. Um, but I ended up getting in, uh, for a little bit at the end of the season, which was, uh, really relieving to, you know, finally get back after so much, uh, so many injuries. Yeah. Uh, JT went down with a knee injury. This is kind of a shot in the dark, but have you talked to him about that? Yeah, yeah, I talked to him for sure. I mean, we've had a lot of guys with the same injuries, so, you know, I, I went up to him and was just like, hey, man, if you ever need to talk about anything throughout the process, like, I've been through it twice, so I know what's kind of going on. And, and it's like a, it's super hard on you mentally, so I was just to let him know. He ever needs to talk to me, just even about just anything, not even about the need. Like it's, I'm here for him. So you know, he's definitely got a, a good amount of people around him supporting him. We hope he has a great recovery. What advice would you give him? Uh, just keep your head in it. You know, it, it can be. You feel a little bit separated from the team a little bit when you're hurt and like working with trainers and strength staff, not really being out there at practice. But uh, just having like the the focused mindset of like you got to push through it to make yourself stronger. Because if you like kind of try to half half in half out on the rehab, you're gonna like feel the benefits or the the consequences of it once you get. Uh, like once you're cleared, it's not gonna be a full hundred percent. But if you like really dive into your rehab and push yourself like past what you think, then you're gonna like I came back after my second knee, um, feeling so much stronger than I did after my first knee. No, so, so was it left first and then right? Yeah. Okay. So it's left and right. Um, what was the tight end position at CU for like a decade wasn't really used in the passing yeah. game, but then Brady last year has the big game. Seems like that's the way things are trending. How exciting is that for you as oh, a tight end? That's awesome. I mean, uh, Darrell's definitely trying to use the tight end more in the offense and get us involved in the passing game and use more of his utility stuff. We've been doing a lot of a lot of different cool things with the tight end, so it's definitely really exciting, especially coming in and seeing how the positions changed a lot. Me and Brady talk about it all the time, how we used to be like, 
it would be like our second year. We were like already the oldest guys in the room. It's crazy. Now we're like really, really the oldest guys, and it's just wild to see how much has progressed. We went from having like like three, four guys our freshman year to having like I think we had like twelve during spring yeah. ball or something. So we, yeah, it's it's been really cool to watch. Is it kind of frustrating though, not being able to get as many reps? Um, I don't think we really. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of competition and. Uh, sometimes it can be frustrating when you like really want to get in there and show what you can do. But every like everybody loves everybody in the room. We support each other so much. Like Alex is making a transition from linebacker and Nico from D line. Like all these different people. Like only a few of us. Like I think me, Caleb, Eric, like there's only a few of us that actually played tight end yeah. even in high school. Everybody's kind of like coming in from different positions. So it's been cool to just like support each other and like we really think about it as like one big group not like oh this is me I'm trying to get my reps in battle like whatever like we're all just trying to get good and make sure that as a unit we're uh, succeeding on the field yeah um so we were allowed to watch the first scrimmage mm. you had the touchdown there oh yeah can you walk us through what happened uh so that was that was an interesting little uh sequence because that whole little drive I like I felt good about the the plays leading up to it, okay. but I felt like I could have done them better. So I was like kind of in my head a little bit, like oh dang, I should have done this on this play. Like like, like route running or blocking? Like just like better technique on my oh, okay. on the blocking assignments. I uh, thought I could have saw some stuff, and then so when that play happened, it like happened. I did it. We caught the ball, scored or whatever, and I was like still like oh man, I need to. I need to look over those plays. I need to make sure I get those right. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I scored. Like, I don't know. It just didn't really hit me. I was because I was thinking about all the plays leading up to it. So. Um, you excited for classes to start? I am. I, am. Oh, really? I actually just graduated. So I'm okay. um, excited to really dive in and focus in on, on the season now that I'm okay. graduated. and. That kind of classes are a little like it is nice yeah. to be to be back and have everybody back on campus. I think that's awesome. The buzz around Boulder is just been you can feel it everywhere. Everybody's excited to be back, and I'm excited to have people back in Folsom. So that's that's a big thing. What do you expect from Brady this year? I think Brady's gonna have an amazing season. I know he it killed him being out last year, and he's someone who just loves football, loves grinding, just loves everything about it. So I think he's gonna have a great year. I think he's gonna. Do big things. I hope you can stay healthy, and I hope everybody has a, a big year. Yeah. So. Uh, any goals for yourself? My goals? Um, help the team out any way I can. Okay. If that's uh, obviously, I want to play as much as I can on offense, and after all this adversity, I want to prove that I to everybody that I can still be a really good tight end for CU, um, and then I want to help the the younger kids also, trying to get them ready because. You know, their, their time's coming soon, like Caleb and Eric and Lewis and, yeah, all the young guys. Uh, even Austin is showing, showing little flashes here and there. I want to make sure that they're good and try to get the whole room uh, ready for the future because I think in the future the tight end room is going to be a, it's a, it's a very bright future. Yeah. Anybody so. in particular that's really impressed you? Um, since spring ball, I feel like Caleb's developed a lot. Okay. He, he, he was kind of like a deer in headlights a little bit. And during spring ball, we really, I feel like he kind of felt like he got thrown into the fire. Uh, and he was a little bit lost out there. It's kind of nice to see him like really starting to develop mentally and see everything and get his legs back under him. So he's been a big, uh, big surprise. Alex had an amazing camp. He's been doing really, really well. Um, 
I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Eric's been developing his way. You can definitely tell he's young, but he's he's very strong. He's got some good uh, talent. Um, so I think he's going to be really good in the future. And I don't know. I feel like as a room, I feel like everybody's developed in their own way at their own pace. So I'm really proud of everybody in there.